Hello and welcome to Sobriety Elevated, the podcast that is committed to empowering you in your recovery and elevating your sobriety. Join us now for the next episode. We hope you create an incredible experience. Let's get the show started. And welcome to another episode. We're so glad you're here. This is Kevin, and we are excited because today we have a special guest. I'm um, excited for the guest. Probably They're probably more excited for the guest than they are about us talking some right? more. Um, I know. They hear us my, all the time. Guest, exactly. My guest is uh, Adam Klein, who is, is one of my best friends, has quite a bit of sobriety, very familiar with lots of different paths to sobriety. Someone that's been really instrumental in my sobriety. I actually met Adam in treatment. So we went to treatment together. And uh, some, sometimes those friendships can be challenging, you know, because you have different people relapsing. Actually, me and Adam used to hang out with some other people from treatment. And most of them have kind of fallen off, unfortunately. So it's been nice to have a friend who's kind of like a rock, who's also working a, a program of recovery. I'm glad to have him here. I got a surprise where I had a, a job to do in the area. So I was able to come visit him. So we are we are talking to you from beautiful Florida, Jim. That is so wonderful. So Adam, tell me a little bit about your like what is your treatment program? What is having you succeed in your recovery? Well, the stepping stones are the key and that those are the fundamentals that I got when I was in treatment. And you know, the the principles of AA are so important and the fellowship is so important and you know, what helps me is talking to sober men every day. And whether that's texting or calling or video chatting or what, what's it called? Uh, FaceTiming. It's the most important piece of this puzzle and why Kevin and I hit it off so well is we're both good communicators with people that we want to communicate with. And when you have somebody that you can talk to and guys like Stan that used to work there yep. via text or via FaceTime on a regular basis, it really sets you up for success, except especially in this COVID era when there's not in-person AA in a lot of places. To me, the Zooms are good, but they're not amazing sometimes. For me, the connection with other sober men, and I have other, other guys that I've known in AA over the years, that I, I, try, I try to have many meetings with every single day. Nice. That's what's helped me the most in my journey of sobriety. Beautiful. And when you two met at the treatment center, was it one of those like best friends instantly or did you have to get to know each other? What was it like being in treatment with Kevin? Well, you know, when I got there, Kevin had already figured the system out. He was doing stuff and going places and he had a rental car shortly after I got there and he was going to meetings in Park City and drinking at Starbucks and doing a lot of the things that I wanted to do that I wasn't going to be able to for at least four weeks. Okay. So immediately when I saw this guy, you know, with his Starbucks in his hand, I was like, I got to become friends with him. But that, that's not entirely true. Kevin's room was next to the theater where a couple nights a week we got to watch movies and he had a great supply of candy 
and we would end up in the back row of the theater. And, and because he was from St. Louis and somehow because it was the NHL finals, we got to watch uh, a hockey game because the St. Louis Blues were playing. Nice. And we all sat there and I don't even like hockey. And we bonded over hockey and they won the championship. Kevin was very happy. He probably went through a couple thousand starbursts. We became good friends pretty quickly. And, but the relationship really blossomed when we met on the outside. That's brilliant. So what about meeting on the outside gave your relationship not only strength, but also depth? Well, let me, this is Kevin, obviously. So one thing about Adam and I is we have very similar stories. We okay. actually were the two people in that, the two people in treatment that went to uh, GA meetings, so Gamblers Anonymous meetings, because that was uh, one of our big time drugs of choice. Adam's been sober from alcohol for many years. So he's, he knew AA, he knew all that stuff. He knew even GA. So I was drawn to him because he knew, knew the program and he knew what worked and he had had some success and then he had you know some slip ups and, and things like that. But what Adam told me early on meeting me was he told me I never have to drink or gamble again. The gambling thing for me was kind of something that was on the back burner. And I kind of thought, well, maybe one day I'll be able to gamble like a normal person. But I'm thankful that Adam was very instrumental in telling me you need to be in Gamblers Anonymous and you need to never bet or gamble because it's just like having one drink. One bet turns into 100 bets. So it's been very instrumental. And then when we met on the outside, actually, the first time we met, it was extremely random. I came out of treatment and I was really down on my luck. I didn't have many resources. I didn't have any, uh, I mean, let's just be clear. I didn't have any money or anything to do much. And Adam called me and he had a room in New York City with an extra bed. Him and his dad, his dad wanted to have a sober friend and Adam wanted a sober friend. So I, I hung out with his dad and him in New York City the first time that I met him on the outside. We went to meetings together. We talked so much about recovery went through uh, AA literature, all kinds of stuff. It was really, really cool. We went to, in this church basement, this AA meeting, and uh, Adam ends up seeing people he knows there. It was it was a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool experience. I think that it's fun because, you know, a lot of times when you're in treatment and anybody who's listening that's been in treatment, you know, you think these people will be your friends forever. And sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. But in this, it's just really transcended into something different because we're both sober. And, you know, it's nice to have a sober friend that you're safe and comfortable with, you know, that's not going to say anything. It's going to hold you accountable, too. I think that's beautiful. And if you're listening, can you hear the strength that has developed between these two men? Yes, they're both in AA, and that is their path. They're dedicated to that path, not only so that they don't drink, but they also don't gamble. So kudos. Question that I have is how many of the people that you went to treatment with other than you two are still sober? Do you have any idea? Yeah, I have an idea. And it's a, it's a tough question because there's such a rotation of people that come through during a long stay. Right. But I, I'd say of the 20 or 16 core people that were there for the bulk of my stay, maybe 15 or 20% are still sober. Some may have gone out and come back and are now sober. Um, But for the most part, 
people didn't didn't make it. It speaks to literally the harshness of the disease or the harshness of addiction. It's beautiful to talk to both of you because you are making it and you're making a conscious effort to keep your sobriety empowered and alive. And I know, and you mentioned this earlier, (laughs) especially with COVID, COVID, it's the isolation has made it incredibly hard for a lot of people. So going into COVID, you may have had some people in recovery that were strong, but yet that isolation may have taken them out to where they relapsed. Yeah. And I've talked to some of the people that we went to treatment with that have relapsed and some of them are just, they've kind of, you know, disappeared and ghosted us or whatnot. But the difference I think for Adam and I is one, the fellowship that Adam talked about, like we created a bond and we were talking very consistently. So when you have other people you're talking to that are actually doing the work, you know, and working a program, like when I went out of, uh, treatment. You know, I went to meetings, I, I called people, I got a sponsor, I did all the things that they had suggested. Again, that's my path. Every People get sober in different ways. But for me, I actually did what I was supposed to do. And the people that I talked to that have failed or, or, or have slipped up or whatever we want to call it, it's when they stop doing what they should be doing and what they're supposed to be doing. They, they continue to, they, they don't change things. You know, they keep trying to do the same thing, but in their, they think in their brain they can just not drink. And we had to do a lot of work. It's just, it's so nice to have people, Adam being one, that no matter what, 2 a.m., 1 a.m., I could call him if I'm struggling, he's going to answer and we're going to be there for each other. And it's, it's a lot of fun. I think that's the big part. And, you know, we've mentioned this in a number of our podcasts. Successful recovery occurs in community. No matter what the program that you're following is, if you are able to be in community with your recovery, it is going to strengthen your sobriety. And you said it yourself, those times that you are weak, when you're weak, you have somebody that you can call, have that conversation. And as a result of that conversation, you get back into where your recovery is strong. Kudos to both of you for creating the networks you have that have you be sober today. The key for for our relationship and anyone is, is it's nice to have somebody, anybody that knows Adam will laugh at this, but Adam, uh, Adam doesn't necessarily have a lot of tact when he tells you things. So like, for instance, sometimes he'll be like, Kevin, go call your sponsor, which in other words, like, hey, you're being an idiot. Come on, let's stop. So you got to have friends that aren't afraid to call you out and don't feel like they have to sugarcoat everything. I think that that's that's one thing about our friendship and our relationship that's so good is that neither of us are afraid to call each other out on our BS. And the other thing I want to say this too, and, and then I'll let Adam talk a little more, but, you know, I lost a lot of quote unquote friends when I got sober people that I was pretty close to that kind of I thought loved me and they, they probably do, but they we're just on different paths now. And what's cool is like all of those have been replaced. You know, I've gained like a new best friend and Adam. And most of the time when you're in your mid thirties, you don't make new close friends, but I'm thankful that I was able to, and, and being in being sober and in recovery is what's allowed that I've made a lot of deep friendships, you know, in my mid to late thirties that I'm in now, and uh, it's, it's really incredible. And it, it's, it's, uh, it's one of the things that when you have that common bond, 
It transcends so many things. You know, me and Adam are a lot different. It works because we both are sober and we're both in recovery. Adam, what are you hearing as Kevin talks about your friendship? I know and I hear and I feel that I'm of great benefit to Kevin and his sobriety. I probably don't say it enough, but he's of even greater benefit to me and my sobriety. I I know what it feels like to have someone in sobriety that you can rely on at all times. I was blessed with that in my journey. It's like the 12 step, you know, I'm not Kevin's sponsor, but I know from what what he said right now and just from being with him that I'm helping him on a regular basis as a guy with more sobriety, even though this time around Kevin has more days than me, but I, I have a couple sobriety dates. When, when you have someone that you really trust, that you can turn to at any time, it makes the journey so much better. And that's why I encourage all men to get a sponsor, someone they respect and admire, and someone that they can rely on under any circumstance and entrust with the information that you may not even share with your wife or the closest person to you in the world. You know, that's a, that's a, a you know, not drinking is, is the easy part. It's entrusting in others and making those bonds, working through problems together and coming up with solutions and stopping something from happening that's going to be bad before it does. And when you practice the principles every day and take it one day at a time, you really don't put yourself in those bad situations very often because you don't get loose. Having someone close to you that you share things with every day uh, keeps you in check. And I think that's what Kevin and I do for each other. And again, I was lucky to have someone do it for me. And yeah, I encourage anybody listening to, you know, find that person, whether you call them a sponsor or not, try and develop a really good, deep, long relationship uh, because you get through a lot of things quicker and easier and with less headache when you're working on them with someone else. And if you're listening to this, Adam, he means that like, if you're a woman, get a woman sponsor. Find a sponsor and find a group of friends that can support you so powerfully that they would do what it takes to be there for you, just like you would do what it takes to be there for them. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is something that I, I've learned in business. And, you know, they say, you know, we don't, the, a good friendship is one that doesn't keep score. You know, you don't nope. keep score who's doing what. So we don't have to worry about it being even. And, and you know, that's uh, that's the thing. You know, I, I our relationship, whether it's me and Adam or other people, you know, there's been times early, early on in sobriety where I was a mess. I was really down. You know, I was going through a lot because of the wreckage that I had. Adam was there. Then there's times if Adam's having maybe he's down a little bit, he's got something going on, and I can be the positive guy and talk him through it. And that's the beauty of a friendship that – Really, I just think that friendships in sobriety and recovery are just deep. So the beauty of it is, is when I'm down, he can lift me up. When he's down, I can lift him up. We know we have a group if we go to a, let's say we go to a 12-step meeting or we go, whatever, we go to fellowship with other people that are like-minded, they can all, we can lift each other up. 
Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you got to, they talk about, you know, people, places and things. And for me, the places, there's still places I don't go. There's things I don't obviously do or, or watch or whatever, but the people part, you got to get some people out of your life. If you're going to stay sober, I hear people all the time, you know, I'm going to go tell them about sobriety. Well, let's get a year of sobriety or something before we start doing that. You know, we want to be an example, but we don't, you know, we don't want to go out there and try to pull them out of there. But so if you start to surround yourself with the right people, you're going to be so much more successful. So newly sober, I had to delete numbers. I had to block numbers. I had to completely eliminate people out of my life. And now that I've got a little bit more time, if they would come into my life, I would tell them my story, but I have no time to deal with the drugs and the alcohol, whatever their lifestyle is. I'm thankful that I got so blessed to meet someone in treatment that can become one of my best, closest friends who I can trust. And if it wasn't for sobriety, it wouldn't have happened. Me and Adam definitely wouldn't have met. We were uh, we were raised a little different. We got a little different uh, different lifestyles and stuff over the years, over our life. It's pretty cool because we have that one common bond that kind of transcends everything else. Adam, anything you would want to add to what Kevin just said? You know, he's covering most of the bases here, as he should be, being the, that it's his podcast. <laughs> I don't know who, who who listens and who the target audience is, but, you know, AA works. Everything that they sort of tell you in rehab and you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, it, it really does work if you work it. In quarantine, I didn't really work it as hard as I could have or should have with Zooms and stuff like that. But I made the point to talk to Kevin and other sober men every day. You know, I just had a, a friend of mine who's, you know, 40 days sober, stay at my house for a week. And here in Miami, we have in-person meetings. You know, I was waking up at 6 every day to get him out of the house to go to the 7 a.m. where I got sober. And I went to a 7 a.m. meeting every single day for three and a half years in a row. I think about those people that we met in treatment that aren't still sober, and it's probably because they didn't keep doing what they were taught in treatment. And uh, treatment's not as bad as you think. You know, if you find the right place, it's really quite enjoyable. And you learn a lot. You have a lot of downtime to work on yourself and rest and rehabilitate yourself and think about what you worked on for that day. It's not like you're in high school. And going to class 12 hours a day, you know, you have three or four one-hour sessions and and the rest of the time is spent, you know, working on yourself by yourself a lot or with another person like me and Kevin worked. So don't be afraid of treatment. It, it's a great tool and a great jump start and a, and a great option for anybody who's struggling. Brilliant. Adam, thank you for those words of wisdom. You've been listening to Sobriety Elevated, a podcast dedicated to empowering your recovery and deepening your sobriety. If you like what you heard, share this with another person who may be considering sobriety or who is in sobriety. We look forward to seeing you in our next episode. Adam, thank you for being a guest. For everybody listening, thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you in our next show. Thank you, guys. We'll see you soon. Okay. Have a great one.